Well, hello, and welcome to the Well After Hours. I'm your host, Beverly Allen. And my guest today is no stranger to the well. He has presented a body of works that is a blessing and a treasure to the body of Christ at large. He is the lead pastor of teaching and vision at Vision Church RDU in North Carolina. He is the host of the podcast, The Urban Perspective on Apple Podcasts. He is an apologist. He is the author of numerous books, as well as a sought after speaker for leadership training and teaching. I wanna welcome my returning guest, Pastor Jerome Gay Jr. Pastor Gay, thank you so much. We're honored to have you back at the well again. Beverly, any anytime I can join the well, I'm honored to uh, thank Thank you and all your listeners and thank you for your support. It's always a privilege and an honor. So I, I must say thank you to you. I appreciate this platform and how you leverage your platform for kingdom work. So again, I'm grateful and thankful to be here. Uh, you know, um, we are here to talk about one of your newest body of works, yes. this phenomenal children's book. Oh, my goodness. Yes, African Heroes. Yeah. And I can't wait to get into this. But I want you just to tell, in case any new viewers are here, we, you're no stranger to us, but you may be a stranger to a new viewer. Would you just briefly just tell something about yourself to the viewers? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jerome Gay, originally from Washington, D.C. I am a husband of my wife, uh, Crystal Gay, for 22 years, a father of uh, Jamari and Jordan, uh, Jerome Jordan Gay III, so two children, and the pastor of Vision Church, been pastoring for the past 13 years. And as you said earlier, the author of several books, I'm an avid, uh, avid reader and sports lover. And uh, I love working out and I uh, love creating content. And so I want to, by God's grace, as long as he allows me to want to keep uh, putting things out for the kingdom's sake. So, again, I'm, I'm grateful for that and thankful to be here. Uh, and I'm, I'm grateful for what the Lord has put in you because you're putting out. And, you know, you've had some really great endorsements, many great, great endorsements for this book. But I want to read one particular from Dr. Sarita Lyons that yeah. she said, she said, she says, Africa's contributions to Christianity is rarely taught, but this book tells the story we've longed to hear. African heroes will inspire, educate, and fan the flame of dignity for Black children. This isn't Blackwashing Christianity. Rather, it's beautifully illustrated truth-telling for the glory of Jesus. Every family, regardless of race, needs this book in their home. I agree with her so wholeheartedly yeah. because, you know, we know that representation in media and literature is so important. It's important to us as adults, but it's even more important for children. And there's uh, been a lot of pushback lately on um, Black history, you know, in schools. And um, I don't know about the willingness of even to, you know, uh, tell the true Black story in many of our churches. But I'm so glad for this book. I'm telling you, when she says every child should read it, they should, because I think that um, representation is important and, and that should be worldwide because of the narratives and the media, the images that have been put forward uh, in the past and even currently are not always positive and the world right. only sees the negative. So that perception of, you know, Blacks or African people is not always positive. And to be able to, as you did, color correct the stories of these black heroes, I think is just so great. And as you, as a dad and as a pastor, how important was it for you to actually put this in representation for children? Because you yeah. you educated us in, in whitewashing. Well, yeah. <laughs> whitewashing and, and, I was, and Christianity. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's what I was going to bring up is, in the whitewashing of Christianity, I highlight a lot of these African theologians, philosophers, and martyrs. And I, in that book, I talk about how whitewashing starts so early mm -hmm. because you're giving all of your children's curriculum typically has all of the biblical characters as white. You got my white Moses. They even make the Egyptians white, all of this white presentation. And then when people say something, they would say race doesn't matter after using race in their favor. And and I want to be clear, as as Dr. Lyons said, look, I'm not blackwashing scripture. God has used people of all different colors in his plan of redemption. 
But we need to make sure that when it comes to African people that he's used, people of darker hues, let's celebrate that. Let's not ignore, but let's accentuate uh, Africa and Africans' contribution to, contribution to the Christian faith. And so I wanted to create a resource where it's not as dense as the whitewashing book with all of the citations and everything for that, but that parents can teach their children about Christianity in Africa prior to colonization. They can see themselves as a part of redemptive history and within the story. They can learn about different aspects of character in each of these theologians, you know, as they're learning about perpetual felicities, Shenouda Vitripa, Pacomius, Augustine, Athanasius, Tertullian, uh, all of these different figures that have contributed immensely to the Christian faith but on a child's level. And so what I found is people, a lot of parents are reading and saying, hey, I learned, I didn't know about these people. I didn't know about this. So it's been cool to see what the Lord has done and how it's been a family affair because that was my vision for writing it. Wow. Um, you know, uh, when I think about um, what you did in whitewashing and what is the, had been the, has been done in African Heroes, you have made it and simplified it for parents to be able to teach their children about that. Because even sometimes after reading it on an adult level, you know, and getting, and this is new information for many of us, like, you know, we didn't know, we kind of accepted that those pictures were valid, that that's who they were. Right. But um, when you have, you're confronted with, you know, the actual truth now that we know, as you said, that, God has used many different people of different ethnicities, you know, or culture in that day, but that it should not be, um, you know, hidden that the right. truth should be told us exactly who they are, where they're from, their location, so that, you know, everybody kind of shows that they're sheer, that God has used many people, many men to get the gospel message. Since this is the greatest story ever told <laughs> in the history of this planet of Earth, right of the greatest man, the God man, Christ Jesus. I mean, to show that we were a part of that historical building, you know, the history of the church that we played a part, that is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a story that needs to be highlighted. It needs to be celebrated and shouted from the rooftops. And one of the ways we're able to do that is through literature. And so uh, that's why my hope is that many families of, you know, obviously all families of all colors, but in particular, black families will get this, read this with their children, get it as a gift, encourage people, especially for those of us that are Christian, because there is this false narrative that Christianity is a white man's religion and that Africans only found Christ on the uh, on the plantation. And that's just simply untrue. Like these these figures you're talking about, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth centuries over a thousand years for some prior to the transatlantic slave trade, you have these people confession, confessing Christ as Lord, standing up against false doctrine at the councils, defending the faith and defending either Athanasius, defending the deity of Christ at the council of Nicaea. So the, these are things that are very important for us to know, not to only proclaim our faith, but we also need to defend the faith. I mean, that's what we're told in First Peter 3.15, as well as Jude uh, Jude 3. So it's, it's just so important that we understand this. The fact, you know, I want to ask you kind of like putting together this, this book, because I'm telling you the colors, everything, the illustration, the pictures are so beautiful, you know, and they just really want, you want to engage page after page as you turn the page, you know, when you see the different characters, the way you've done it. Um, what was the process? Like no, for thank you for that. Children's yeah. book. What was the process? So, so what's funny is the the book was supposed to come out February of this year. Um, we we wanted the the goal was to try to line it up with Black History Month and to release it February of 2023. Um, but the the issue was finding an illustrator, getting an illustrator that wouldn't just um have figures that look white and just colored them brown. Mm -hmm. But that would would take feet, even though it's a cartoonish to take features into account. And we I end up we end up saying like this was a divine delay. And so when God connected us with with our illustrator here, 
um, it was just awesome to see how the Lord did it. He, you know, we were able to, we, we had to still go back and forth with some things, but he was able to capture how they looked and what they did. And, and even having diverse imagery with, at these councils, cause it was other African bishops and people that were, were there. And so it was just that process of, you know, what I, I had already written this book. So when I came, by the time new growth press came on, like the book was done. Um, I usually my I, I do more than a proposal. I pretty much come with a finished product because mm -hmm. I, I usually that's just kind of how I, I work and then share division. I, I was already working on someone. I was going to release this myself because that's what I had to do when I did whitewashing. Every Christian publisher denied, rejected me. Everyone rejected me for whitewashing. So I had to do that myself. And I worked with Audrey Oria, 13th and Jones. So I was prepared again to, to get rejected. Like, hey, I've I've released all these other books myself and if that's what i got to do we'll do it again uh, but the lord actually worked it out because i i wanted an illustrator i wanted someone that would do great work i wanted it to come across in excellence i want this to be a resource where kids want to read it want to engage feel like they can dive into the pages and we were able to do that so it was it was a long process but a necessary process and we see the timing as providential and so still coming out fourth quarter of this year I really think I'm really hoping people continue to support and that it'll really even take off in, you know, February 2024 when we celebrate Black History Month and you have this resource already available. Wow. You know, can I ask you um, when you just, you know, kind of revealed that when you were doing this, that they rejected you. They were Christian publishers, but they rejected it. I mean, was that but not not this one? That they, No, no. But I mean, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think at the time, uh, well, Whitewash has been out, what, three, three and a half years now. So when that, um, actually two, two and a half. So when that came out, the, a lot of what I heard was either they wanted me to try to change it. And I was like, you know, to try to prove that this is a nest, uh, a good subject. And someone was even saying, like, you know, maybe explain this so so that white people know why this subject is important. I'm like, well, that's, I didn't write this to explain, this is to address the issue that's already taking place as we're seeing numbers increase of black and brown lostness as it relates to Christianity. And they still didn't see the value or some was like, well, we got enough books that kind of address race and sort of thing. So again, it, it was a myriad of reasons that I was given rejection uh, but I really felt like that the whitewashing was a necessary book. That it was a necessary book that um, it's not it's not white bashing or anything like that. It's explaining the history and still ending that I hope is in the gospel of Christ, mm -hmm. that that's where I hope is. And so that's why the subtitle for whitewashing is a a hidden past. The hidden past is not knowing these African heroes or not knowing that they were African, or unpacking the fact that they've been hidden because all of them have been painted white, a hurtful present that when we point out how how white history has been whitewashed, how we're, we're labeled race baiters or critical race theorists or ethnic Gnosticists, but then still, even in the midst of all that hidden past and hurtful present, saying that there is a hopeful future. Because I knew some people would judge a book by its cover and try to assume my motives for writing a book. So that's why I put that subtitle there. But yeah, I had to, uh, you know, Beverly was part of, I guess, God's process for me. Just literally every single Christian publisher that I submitted the proposal to rejected me. And that was just part of my story and my process. Wow. I I, I wonder how they feel now that it <laughs> has been said it's so successful. But, you know, it just goes to show, and I'm thinking of this, as you said, with the way he was explaining for you how he wanted you to kind of narrate it or what he wanted you to say in a way that it would be acceptable to them. Now he could understand how things need to be written so it could be acceptable to that group, but how about how things are written so that it could be acceptable to our people? I mean, you know, to black and brown people. Yeah, and that's just one of the things you'll you'll you can sometimes see is there's an assumption on what we'll read, re, what we read as a community. And obviously they they got a they got a bottom line, they got to make money. Which, which I get, but uh, there's also a, a disconnect because again, the book has done has done well, especially being self-published. I'm not a New York Times, but I ain't sold a hundred thousand copies or anything like that. Lord, Lord, please let that happen. <laughs> you know, but 
you know, it's it's been thousands of copies between the book, the Kindle and the the audible uh, version of the book that have gone out. And I've been able to speak uh, literally all over the country about the subject so that people can learn. And we and by God's grace. Now, my book is not Bible. I never put it on par with scripture. Scripture is the word of God. But it's filled with scripture. I have a scripture index in there. And we've seen I've seen I've heard stories. I've talked to people who who had either deconstructed because they thought Christianity was a white man's religion, read the book and then came back to faith. And so um, it's the gospel that saves them. But the book was able to engage their concerns and engage their questions. And they've come back to the faith. And that was that was in part uh, part of my target audience is these people who think that. Uh, Africans didn't know Jesus. Now, of course, that was polytheism. There's polytheism in every continent, but there was also monotheism, which is the belief in one God. And and for many Africans, that God was Yahweh Mm -hmm. and then his son, Yeshua, and they placed faith in him. And so that's that's important for us to understand that. Wow. I tell you, um, I think the clarity that you give in your writings is so helpful and so beneficial. And it's, you can stand on it. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not anything that people can question it, but you're questioning truth and truth is truth. Right. (laughs) It's it's only the truth. And so, I mean, um, I'm wondering, as Dr. Uh, Lyons said, every child should have this book and I'm, it's my prayer. I'm hoping that maybe as uh, some of the evangelicals doors might open so that all children can have this book, because it's time for everybody to start knowing. Otherwise, we just continue or perpetuate the same kind of false narrative um, that we're that we're um, complaining about, you know, there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm hoping people see, like color correcting and highlighting the fact that God has used all people. That's what fosters unity. When you only, when you attempt to make everyone in scripture and everyone in redemptive history, white or every theologian, every philosopher, white, that's what contributes to disunity because it's not an accurate representation of the Christian church of Christian history, nor is it an accurate representation of the body of Christ, which is a diverse body of people that, that are saved by grace and through faith by the finished work of Christ. And so it's important that, again, we we get this out and we we celebrate. Hey, God has used all these people and he's you know, we can. We, we Yeah. Praise God for the Protestant Reformation and, and what he did through Calvin and, and Luther. But church history doesn't start in Wittenberg. I mean, we're able to go to Africa and see. Uh, these African people who believed in Christ. And in fact, uh, Luther got a lot of his theology from Ethiopians. You know, that's this, this is important that we we unpack, we understand. And again, we just highlight because the other the other hues are recognized. They have a lot of the imagery. The other cultures are celebrated. So there has to be some intentionality on just recapturing, uh, rediscovering and celebrating the theologians and martyrs and philosophers in Africa. You know, I guess people do ask at times, and um, maybe it's kind of a theological question as to why is it of all this seems like the people (laughs) on the earth, why is it that Black people or African, you know, people are seem to be the most challenged, you know, when it comes, I mean, everybody else has come to this country and they've had their fights. I mean, I know against, you know, with other ethnic uh, Italians, Jews and yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, Irish and all that. But it seems like everybody else has been able to assimilate. <laughs> but yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so my, my buddy, Brandon Washington, uh, he kind of gives a history of race in his book, A Burning House. And he walks through that, you know, how Italians at one point were not considered white, um, how they had to fight for approval. And the bottom line is for the Italians and the Irish, obviously, based on their skin, they were able to blend in. If they for for those that were enslaved because they were Irish slaves, they could obviously blend in because they they were still in terms of their race was white, even though that it, it took some time for them to be considered that. 
we could never do that, obviously. Of the even and white people do have melanin, but clearly we have a lot more. And and so it's easy, easier to spot us, to spot uh, a black, uh, a black person, a brown person. So uh, we couldn't blend in, and and you literally had a concerted effort. That's why in my whitewashing book, I walk through just the social and the governmental attempts to dehumanize and enslave us in perpetuity. And so how we had to we had to fight for that. And even though you have the Emancipation Proclamation in the 1800s, uh, you still have all of these other things where literally it's about the last 70 years or so where you can say, hey, things are at least attempted to be equitable. And that's if you ignore redlining and things like that. So we've always had there's been there has been a constant fight, but. These by some, not all, but some within Christendom or evangelicals just see that as a blip as opposed to a, a dark stain on American history. It's a dark stain. Not that that's all that that we can celebrate about America, because I am able to write this book in America. I may I am able to work with a black publisher to get whitewashing out, you know, so praise God for the progress we've made in America. But that doesn't mean we ignore <laughs> what happened that we don't ignore and act like it didn't happen or we don't try to rewrite history. And so that's that's what happens. He also unpacks in uh, a burning house how, you know, you had the, the 1619 project and then the response was the 1776 uh, type of a project. And it's like both of them are looking at history, but both are highlighting different aspects of history. And so when we talk about the degradation and uh, the dirtiness of slavery, I think the assumption is that all black people hate or hate America. Like we're not saying we hate America. We're, we're just saying we recognize what has happened in America and stop fighting us for wanting to correct the things and the legacy and the impact those things have had on our community. It doesn't mean that we're removing black responsibility either. Um, you know, so we're not blaming white folk for everything. We're, we're, we're not, we're not doing it. We, we, we can recognize accountability within our own community but again, it doesn't mean we ignore all of these things that have happened. And so sadly, that's also played in the church history, hence needing a book like an African Heroes, because at a lot of the more reformed or Protestant seminaries, you still see that whitewashing. Um, you still see uh, all of the pictures of Jesus, the disciples, the, the Israelites, even the Egyptians are painted as white. And so we just need to say, hey, let's 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 stop doing that <laughs> and let's let's recognize these people of color whom were a part of God's plan and whom God used as well. You, um, you know, as you said that, I was thinking about a couple of months ago, there was an article in The Washington Post um by this journalist, uh, Brittany uh, Shamas, and um, it was about Florida, what, what's been happening over in Florida and how um, uh, Vice President Harris came behind uh, governor, the governor of Florida and was kind of talking about, they had just recently kind of legislated um, a curriculum for the Floridian school districts, for the schools. And he, the way it seems like it's been um, kind of ge geared is to say that, you know, how the African-Americans have benefited from slavery. Uh, you know, the benefits that we've received from it, like being over here. And so she, you know, the vice president is saying, you know, that that's not a true <laughs> picture of history. And I think right. that they ought to just let black history be taught as it is the truth of it. all. Yeah. Yeah. I was. um. So I when I saw that I had I did a post, I posted my book and I said, you know, for those that somehow I want to make slavery seem empowering. I have a chapter in my whitewashing book called the whitewashing of slavery. Mm -hmm. And um, it's called product of his culture, because that's what a lot of people hear when it comes to these uh, white theologians, like a Jonathan Edwards or George Whitfield who still own slaves. And they'll say, well, they were just products of his culture. And I'm like, well, you're giving someone a pass 
um, for degradating people. And they try to present it as if it was noble. I'm like, not. I mean, if if Whitfield was so noble, he he didn't leave anything for his slaves in his will. Um, if 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 it was supposedly to help or to empower them. And again, some Africans already knew about Christ long before European invasions or Portuguese or Portuguese invasions. So it's important that we understand that. So some people challenged me and said, hey, read the whole thing with it. And they sent me video clips of some of the black people who were a part of the committee for this kind of um, redoing of presenting slavery. And what they said was, well, the, the point we're, we're not trying to say that it empowered them. We're trying to say that it tells a story of triumph. And I read through everything, Beverly. I'm like, I don't see this. I don't I... see you highlighting triumph and, and the strength of Africa, Africans and black people that we succeeded despite sex, despite slavery. And so um, even though they 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 tried, they tried to erase us. They tried, but they were unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. um, they tried to dehumanize in per per perpetuity, but they were unsuccessful. And so I don't see that story of triumph being told. What I see is you're trying to keep other white people from feeling guilty about it. And we don't want present people. We're, we're not saying that people who did not own slaves, even if it was their relative, we're not trying to make them feel guilty. We want you to acknowledge history. Mm -hmm. This is a part of our history. And we need to be careful about celebrating people because we wouldn't celebrate a Hitler. And so why would we celebrate uh, why are we celebrating others in this way? And so it's like we still acknowledge Hitler. Right. So we mm -hmm. acknowledge history. Mm -hmm. but let's be honest about what these people represent. They don't represent something that's noble. They don't represent something that's praiseworthy or or at least if we're going to be honest, let's tell both sides of their story, not just the quote unquote positive. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, even in my book, Tertullian, praise God for what he did for the Trinity um, but we would have to, I would disagree about some of his views on women. Mm -hmm. So he's in the book, but we're, we're, I, and for the children's book, I'm highlighting one aspect, but I also recognize that he had flaws. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're saying. Let's be, let's be honest. Let, yeah. Let's be honest. The only perfect one is Christ. And mm -hmm. so we don't need to ignore, especially crucial flaws as it relates to the degradation of an entire group of people solely based on the color of their skin. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it, it just goes to show what we're trying to fight against, uh, even having our children come up under, they don't want their people in, in the learning institutions to have to deal with this truth, which mm -hmm. I guess they feel produces guilt. But then that guilt can also produce, you know, empathy and compassion and understanding to, to change people's perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're the goal, I would say, it's even like it's not the motivation isn't guilt is that you'll be convicted, then compelled, compelled to tell a full, you know, a full story of history. And yeah, let's highlight the fact that, yeah, we did triumph. You know, we 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 triumph in these areas. Um, but. Acknowledging that doesn't mean we're blaming all white people or that we want them to feel perpetually guilty or that they can never be forgiven uh, presently, even if they never own slave. Like that's not even the argument. That's that's usually something from kind of hardcore nationalists or hardcore conservatives that are more patriotic than they are Christian, and they want to preserve. Uh, they want to preserve a unrealistic history about America. We're saying, hey, this is the full story of America. And these people, we did triumph. So if you're going to talk about that, let us see that. But that's not what's being communicated in what un under the, the DeSantis regime as it relates to history. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, and and um, I, I also understand that there were um, some groups uh, that were working with churches um, because there was a three- a pilot program of a three pilot program of three schools called Freedom Schools that were going to teach um, a Black history uh, along with the what is it, the A S A L H this particular um, long that was has been in existence for quite a little while that pulls together all of African 
life, black life and black uh, African experiences um, from slavery, you know, to the present. And that they had started three pilot schools, actually, um, churches that had gotten together in Florida had started yeah. three pilot schools to teach black history and to give the documents to kind of, since they don't want to do it in school, to do it, you know, through their church. Through the church. And yeah, I saw that. I read that article too, Beverly, where a lot of churches are just saying, like, we're going to teach it because they pretty much got what they wanted through the legal system to to present this version, a one-sided primarily um, version of history. And so um, as you're talking, I'm praying like maybe I need to send some of the whitewashing books down there so they can know that story. Um, if I, if, if, if someone has a connection, send it our way uh, so that we can help them out with that. Cause I think it's just so important for them to know that. I, I totally, uh, I totally agree with you. I was thinking about that when I was reading your book. I'm like, oh, I think they need to, to read Pastor Gay's books for children on African, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, since they're putting together, you know, um, some material uh, as like 11 pages that they put together, um, plus uh, documentation on where they can get uh all the other kind of factual information that they can teach. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and I think they said 220 other faith leaders signed up and have taken wow. on this material. So, I mean, I think, <laughs> I, I think it would be a good idea, you know, um, to have that. But um, I'm wondering since they're willing to do that and they're, they're trying to make it legal so that, uh, with this organization that where they are throughout the country that they can have kind of have within their organization these freedom kind of school classes so that that can be taught there since it won't be in the school and that you know they won't be able to fight against them doing this so they have lawyers and everybody seeming to working together to make sure ensure that you know they can absolutely do this without any interference um, from the government. Yeah. I mean, is it getting that bad now where we actually can't even tell our own story within our own churches? H how involved do you think that churches really need to be in this? Yeah, well, well I think we, we, so the church, obviously our primary mission is the, the gospel and discipleship. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's what Jesus told us to do, Matthew 28. Um, but uh, there, there is an element of, you know, Matthew 25 of Jesus talking about service to others. And so, you know, this would fall in line with that. You know, this would fall in line with that, that there is an element of, you know, that we do good works, you know, faith and good works. Not that our works save us. You know, our works don't only what God, Christ has done is what saves us. But because we're saved, you know, we do we do good works and we want to. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus and and reach out and and represent him. So I think we can do that by serving those in the school system and things like that. So I think that's important. Like that's one of the things we're doing with our we have a visualized campaign and we we're building um, raising money so that we can have a steam program, uh, science, technology, engineering, entrepreneurship. So we added an E normally a STEM, but we're calling mm -hmm. it steam. Ooh. So science, technology, engineering, entrepreneurship and math. Know, at our church so that this building we own is not just being used on Sunday like that. That would be a terrible testimony. But churches, we uh, need to be the hands and feet of Jesus um, throughout the week. And like that's what we're working on and what we're doing up here. Wow. I I, I just, you know, applaud all the things that um, Vision Church is trying to do to help to benefit the community and all the other things that you do and the members and and helping out families. It's just a, a wonderful thing. And I, in fact, as having said that, I'm going to just take a break, viewers, for a second. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go away. I'm just going to share some information with you about uh, Pastor Gay Vision Church and about uh, his book so that you'll have it and you can help support that you can order this book. You will not regret it. Get it for your children. It will enlighten you and it will inform you and educate you. And it's time for us to know some things. Uh, as, as Pastor Gay has said, don't answer faith-based 
questions um no, fact-based questions, questions with faith-based faith -based. answers right yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i got that <laughs> you um, got it you got it <laughs> but we'll be right back don't go away we just want to share this with you <laughs> Well, I know you all enjoyed that presentation and learned, knowing all about what uh, Pastor Gay is doing and about his book. And Pastor Gay, if people want to order your book, is it best to get it through uh, JeromeGayJr.com or? Yeah, yeah. So JeromeGayJr.com, J-E-R-O-M-E-G-A-Y-J-R.com. And if you order from my website, you'll get a signed copy. I will sign it and personally send it to you. Uh, but they also have the option of newgrowthpress.com as an Amazon. So it's available wherever books are sold online. Uh, but those primary means would be my website, New Growth Press. That's the publisher that I was able to do this project with. Really excited about working with them. Uh, but we have it on Amazon as well. Wow. That is so awesome. And as I said, they they did a phenomenal job on the artwork. I just... yeah. I just can't, I just can't get over it. How, and that's why I was thinking, I'm like, look at the characters look different. And when you see them in a circle or in groups, you can tell like, okay, because, you know, usually everybody puts everybody, lumps them into one group, you know, like Africa, right. you know, e Ethiopia and all these people on the continent, you know, that may look different. Like we don't all look alike now. Come on. Right, <laughs> they right, all have skin right. tones that are similar. But I mean, how they have gotten the features and, and the dress and everything together to, to look different. You know that that's there, it's pointed out. It is just absolutely so beautiful. And I just yeah. hope that the that everybody will really we're gonna push this. <laughs> uh, yeah, please, please. And I yeah, I was I'm appreciative of, of John Joven. That's the illustrator, his attention to detail, um, taking the feedback that uh, myself and a guy by the name of Dan Stetzer gave him, you know, throughout this process to to get it to the point to where we would be ready to release it to the world. So yeah, definitely proud. And yeah, I, I love the the artwork. I've, I've received tons of compliments about that. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't draw anything, but I, I typed, I did all the content, but he was able to capture the vision 
And so I'm I'm thrilled about that. And again, I, I love like some people have been sending me videos of their children reading the book or talking about that. And so I love that. I tell people, keep those videos coming so we can keep getting it out there. Uh, but it's it's been amazing uh, to see the response so far. That is awesome. And, you know, to other pastors, what would you say to them to um, help them in this journey of trying to, of getting products so that they can, you know, share it maybe in their Christian education, uh, you know, uh, departments, because we all need this, I think, in our churches. There should not be a church of color that doesn't have this type of information. Yeah, I mean, we're in a time where, you know, faith is not assumed. Everyone's not going to church. You you mentioned a quote that I have on my website, this phrase I coined when I say we got to stop giving faith-based answers to fact-based questions. And my point in that is not obviously to walk away from faith because without faith, it's impossible to, to please God. My point with that quote is people may have questions about the letter J, um, mm -hmm. which is a legitimate question when we talk about the name Jesus. And so people have, that's a fact-based question. And so Typically, in, in tradition, we haven't answered some of the tough questions about our faith. How do we respond to Ephesians 6, 5, slaves obey your masters? That verse is in the Bible, but it also has a context. It doesn't have the context that many think that it means. Paul is not approving the transatlantic slave trade. That hadn't even happened yet when he wrote that. And then slave had a different idea. The Greek word is doulos. So he's talking about servants or indentured servitude. And again, that's a, a fact-based question that we need to be able to answer based on knowledge and history. And so because of that, it's important that people have these tools in their arsenal. My book, The Whitewashing of Christianity, also my other book, Church Hurt, because people are leaving because they're hurt. Um, then this, my latest book that we're talking about now, African Heroes, so that you can equip your children. But then my, my spiritual pops, who I also work with, Dr. Eric Mason, Urban Apologetics, one and two. You need these books in your arsenal because people have questions about the faith before they come to faith. And we need to be able, the Bible says, to be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within us. So we can't say don't question God. God expects us to be able to answer questions about him. We don't have all the answers, but we are expected to have some answers. We are expected to contend for the faith. And we do that with scripture, but we also have other resources like the books I've written, books written by Dr. Eric Mason, books written by Dr. Vince Bantu, books written by Brian Loritz. Uh, you know, these are some of the authors that have contributed. Dr. Tony Evans, one that's embraced. I, I cite him a lot in my book, Brandon mm -hmm. Washington. These are several authors that have contributed and able to answer these questions. Dr. Carl Ellis, he had a book called Saving Our Sons on Engaging Muslims. Now, we have these resources out. Mm -hmm. They're not getting the attention they deserve. So I'm praying that the Lord will send uh, a lot more attention. And, and then that the body of Christ will support, that mm -hmm. we will support. We will support financially, but we'll support resourcefully by equipping our churches with this knowledge because it's needed so that um, prayerfully the Lord will use it to draw some back to himself to, to save many when they get this information and now be open to hearing the gospel again to to trust Christ. As I said, you are just I putting out all the when I think of all the work that you put out, I mean, you were on a roll. I mean, just the information that is in these books that is, you know, even if you didn't know the Bible, if you weren't a reader or a student of the word, the fact that you have this, you start reading this, you don't go to the word. You want to go like, I didn't know this was in yeah, I didn't know this was in there. I didn't know there was an answer to some of these things. You know, you say to yourself on a couple yeah. of things. Because I've heard many of the of pastors and things say, you know what, when they were in seminary, there's a lot of things that they didn't they didn't highlight or or or, or address, you know, um, that which kind of uh, did not equip pastors uh, to yeah. to be what they should, or, or even to know the things they were. Even some of the um, Caucasian pastors would say, I didn't know that. They they never talked about that, you know, in seminary. Right. Yeah. And, and again, just that in, in, in addition also to the books, I want to highlight my sister Lisa Fields and Jude 3 Project mm -hmm. because she's doing excellent work to equip the body of Christ to answer difficult questions, to respond to difficult questions, to defend the faith. And so you got uh, Damon Richardson and Urban Logia, uh, Miss Titus, who's doing a lot of stuff in the content creation 
space, the bodega ladies that are doing some great stuff. Adam Coleman, you know, um, uh, the, uh, the BK apologist. So it's, it's so many uh, that are out there. Chris Broussard and his King movement, you know, so it's, these are, we have to create content and believers need to support the content that's created. Um, support solid content because not everything is solid. Yeah, uh, not everything is healthy. Not everything is mm -hmm. orthodox. But there there needs to be some su support when these things go out, because you you got things that aren't helpful with a million and one point five million views, and the believer stuff is just not there. So prayerfully, you know, we we can get the attention not for ourselves, mm -hmm. right? It's not about us. Not about us going viral, but, but about us being vessels um, to point people to him. Well, I tell you, I thank you today. This has just been so informative as always, and it has been so helpful. And I am just praying that, you know, for God's blessings to just continue to run and overtake these projects. And as you said, because, you know, it's not um, just because, uh, you know, some people may think certain people are 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 noteworthy or 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 have a big following or something like that but it is it's the work it's the work that's being done you know that needs to be um amplified <laughs> and and actually put because i don't think there are enough platforms sometimes for um christians of color to you know really push and get out there uh, as they should be and supported as well yeah. So now, yeah. And that's, that's why what, what you're doing, Beverly is so pivotal is highlighting, highlighting people like myself and other authors and content creators so that people can know that, you know, there are people out here doing the work. Um, mm -hmm. You're doing the work yourself with your platform and you're highlighting others that are doing the work um, to get the word out and to engage the tough, tough topics, the difficult questions so that, we can represent him and we can represent him well. So again, kudos to you. Uh, I'm grateful for your platform and grateful for this opportunity. Well, as we come to a close, I you have already inspired and said all the things I would have asked you to say, like hey, you <laughs> do at the end. Uh, but I thank you again. It's always a blessing every time you come to the well, and I appreciate the time that you carve out to be with us. And um, uh, it. I think all things being said, I guess, as they would say in church, we can we can look to the Lord. Would you close us out with prayer? If, unless you, if you have anything else final that you want to say. Well, no, yeah, I'll just say if, if yeah, again, uh, people can get articles and things from my website. So JeromeGayJr.com, J-E-R-O-M-E-G-A-Y.com or YouTube.com forward slash The Urban Perspective. And you can follow me on IG and Twitter, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, at Jerome Gay. So the at symbol, J-E-R-O-M-E-G-A-Y. So again, thank you, Beverly. And let's pray. Amen. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity. I thank you for Beverly and just her heart for missions and healthy, solid, gospel-centered content uh, to get out for the world to consume and to listen and prayerfully share. I pray that you continue to, to bless her platform, continue to grow it, Lord, as she continues to do this for you. I pray for those that are listening, anyone that may not know you, God, we pray that we've had a great discussion and that they've heard the gospel. I've, I've said it several times about the finished work of you on the cross to redeem sinners by grace and through faith. Yes. We also pray for those that may be heavy or may have questions or maybe wrestling with their faith, that you would, you would meet their needs, God, that there would be a tangible display of your presence and your power. And so, God, we're grateful for this conversation. We pray that it will be a blessing that we'll continue to see people know, trust, love, and live for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, viewers, for watching. And we'll look for you the same time, same place next week. And until then, God bless you. Stay well and stay safe. God bless you. Thanks.